Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. You talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome Kristen Durrell, a broadcast journalist and children's writer and author of the new junior fiction series, Football Fever. The first book, the kickoff, is in my very hands and is out now. Welcome, Kristen, and how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I adore your podcast. I listen to it all the time on my morning walks, so it is a bit of a thrill to be on it. It is weird when you do listen to a podcast and all of a sudden you're a guest. I did that with So You Want to Be a Writer and I just, I feel like I giggle throughout the whole thing because I'm going, I'm talking to Val on her podcast. I know, how cool is that? You do get those moments, don't you? Ooh. I mean, as a, a debut author with, you know, you, you have these moments where you've been listening to people for so long and learning from them and thinking, oh, one day. And then <laughs> yes. suddenly you're sitting there going, really? Am I yeah, really? Really? Yeah. That's right. And then she said, oh, what advice do you have for writers? I'm like, well, I've got one book, so <laughs> I don't want to give too one. Don't want to give too much <laughs> advice because I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, let's talk about football fever, but we can also talk talk about being a debut author as well because that's a really interesting space that I don't think people talk about a lot we've both got experience this year of that so we'll talk about all the the weird and wonderful anxieties of that um first of all though for football fever kickoff hit me with an elevator pitch all right Football Fever, the kickoff, is a junior fiction novel about the Merrydale Fever under 11s it's a fantastic team of Uh, budding football stars and it's the start of a new season and um, they have a new recruit his name's Sam Uh, he's all the way from England but Sam has a secret he's actually never played on a mixed team before and it's really shaking his confidence so the question is can some advice from some super Australian football stars help the team kick the season off with a bang or will it end in disaster before it even begins I feel like I feel like you've done this before. That was a great <laughs> elevator pitch. Seriously, well, you know you do get good at them. I uh, they make me shake every time because you think I'm just. I know I'm going to fumble it around, but <laughs> we get there in the end. Absolutely, <laughs> and that you was practice. A, it was a great one. I loved it. It sounded it sounded like you knew exactly what you were talking about. And elevator pitches are hard because they it's like are. how do I condense this entire book that took every ounce of my energy into 10 seconds it's almost impossible but you did a great job now this is an eight book publishing program with football australia to promote the socceroos and combank matildas tell me about this whole story it's a juggernaut eight books amazing 
Yeah, so I'm only writing four of them. Um, I think I'd probably um, have many more grey hairs uh, <laughs> if I had to do all eight. It's but, not um, only, Kristen. Four's amazing. <laughs> four is pretty amazing, actually. And the four, um, I should have probably said that as part of my elevator pitch, but the four, um, that's the series, the junior fiction series, and it actually they're all following the same team in the same season. Um, so this first book uh, features Sam and Kira, who are two of the team members, and each book will have the point of view of two different members of the same team. But you'll get to meet the same team uh, in all four books. Um, they do follow the season, but every book stands alone. So okay, that's, yep. that's the junior fiction portion of that eight-book partnership with Football Australia. But they're also publishing two picture books, oh. uh, a non-fiction book, uh, which I think is called We Are the Matildas. I should know that, shouldn't I? <laughs> and it's coming out, I believe, in November or soon, um, okay. maybe the end of November. So and junior fic. A board book. Wow. So junior fic, non-fic, picture yep. book, board book. Yeah. Covering all the ages yeah so it's really trying to um encourage lots of young kids uh, and not so young kids I guess to really engage with football um obviously there's the men's world cup in Qatar coming up very soon and then there is the women's FIFA world cup in July and August next year in Australia and New Zealand so the eight books are sort of part of a sort of building um, mm. the love of football in Australia for girls and boys. And, and that was a really important part. So it is really helping build this wonderful world game for girls and boys um, all the way, you know, in the lead up to such a massive event. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there does need to be a bit more encouragement of girls in these areas as well. I mean, we're all aware of the, the Men's World Cup. They don't seem to get as many people in the stands, the women. So is this kind of trying to encourage more women into the sport and watching oh. the sport and more interest for women in this sport as well? Oh, without a doubt. And I think, um, I mean, I've got two young girls. They, um, you know, they're not mega athletes, but, you know, I want them to feel encouraged to play sport or and feel equal in that space. Um, my girls do Taekwondo now, which is very much a, you know, both genders are, are pretty equal. But as a journalist as well, I've covered so many stories that talk about the inequality in women's sport mm. and how, you know, we see it with pretty much every sport, particularly sports that were more dominated by men like yeah. AFL, rugby league, rugby union. I mean, you're seeing more and more women taking on these amazing games, amazing sports in fabulous teams and they're not getting the same attention or the same money or even the same pay. Yeah. So, yeah, so it is about encouraging more young girls and boys. So these books are very much for girls and boys, so it was equal. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I really think there needs to be a lot more conversation about the importance of you know, girls and boys seeing each other as teammates, not necessarily as on different levels in a yeah. sport. Yeah, I Very really passionate. like, yeah, I really like the idea of being on equal footing, so to speak, yeah. um, in that. And you think that, you know, it's 2022 and you think all this stuff, you know, has been accepted, but I know my eight-year-old daughter, she still tries to play soccer with the boys and sometimes, you know, there's comments about, oh, you're a girl, you should be playing. And I'm like, really? Still? Yeah, yeah. And, and I address that. I mean, interestingly, to research this first book because my girls didn't play football, didn't play soccer. So um, I spoke to a lot of their friends, um, kids right from, you know, 10 years old up to about 15. And um, they all told me that one of the biggest things that they dealt with was that 
idea of a mixed team. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that did have the opportunity to play in mixed teams younger loved it, but the ones that had to deal with it when they were a little bit older, it wasn't that they didn't want to do it. It was just that it was we don't, they didn't quite know how, Mm. you know, do we kick the ball as hard as we would to the boys or, you know, and often these girls are just as good. I was in a school. Yeah. I was in a school the other day and a little boy, uh, I think he was in about grade four and I was doing a talk and he said, um, Oh, I play, you know, I play on a, on a soccer team. I said, Oh, that's fantastic. He goes, yeah, yeah. I play on a mixed team too. Oh, that's great. How do you like it? Oh, I love it. We've got one girl in our team. I said, Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> and he said, and she's better than all of us. You know, I love that. And he was probably, you know, maybe nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is awesome. Yeah. Because that's where it starts, isn't yeah, it? You know? Totally. Uh, mm. And then as he grows, he's going to have a whole different yeah. approach to the game. Yeah. So. And that's right. And that's why when my daughter came home and I heard the boys talking when I was picked up from school saying, oh, she scored all these goals. I'm like, well, why are you all so surprised? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Girls can do it too. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this book includes real-life squad members, uh, Ellie Carpenter, Mary Fowler, Joel King, Sam Kerr, Matthew Ryan. Tell me about the inclusion of them in the book. And then we talked about how then we get to the publishing side and how that impacts the publishing. Tell me about all that. So this was actually something I really loved. I mean, what an amazing opportunity as a a writer and honestly as a journalist Mm. to dive deep into these people as characters in a fictional story. I mean, this is putting the two halves of my life together and I love (laughs) it. Um, So uh, was one of, because of the partnership with Football Australia, I was allowed to include the plays. In fact, they wanted us to, which is fantastic. But um, what I wanted to do was make sure I wasn't just being tokenistic about who I put in there. So it wasn't just let's pick the biggest name and shove them in a book to sell more books. That's not, that doesn't, I wasn't going to do that. So what I did was a lot of research. I have listened to hundreds of hours of interviews with players. I've read their social media feeds. I've read articles, mostly first person wherever I could find Mm -hmm. it. So them saying it, not like reporting on what they said um, because I wanted to hear their own words and the way they spoke. Yeah. So um, then then I had to think about my story. So I knew that this was, you know, Sam was... Uh, my character, you know, is about how do you play with girls? Uh, he's, he was happy. He's happy in the book to do it. He just doesn't know how, like we were saying before. Uh, Kira, who's the girl, she's so super excited to have this amazing new little footballer in their team, but she thinks he's not trying. She just doesn't understand. So she doesn't f- understand he's new and, you know, all of that. So who would be the appropriate players to put in there? So I did a lot of research and I landed on Joel King. Uh, as one of the main ones, and he talks to Sam in the book. Joel King is a young player. He's fantastic. He's quite new to the Socceroos. He also has an older sister, Taryn King, who plays in the W League. Now, he has talked about growing up with an older sister who plays football, Mm -hmm. practising together, and he says she never went easy on him. (laughs) So I thought, who better to advise my Sam that I've made up on how to play with girls than someone who grew up with an amazing Mm. sister football player. So that's why I chose Joel King. And Mary Fowler is who speaks with Kira. She was only 15 when she started at the Matildas and she's spoken about how incredible it was, how much they accepted her and gave her time to settle in as someone who is new. And she's still very young um, and amazing. So I thought, well, 
she would be a great person to advise Kira, who's only a few years younger than she was when she started with the Matildas. So how, you know, just to say, hey, when you're new. Uh, and then the other characters will, you know, we all love Sam Kerr and I did want to put her in there. So she has a special little message in there too. And um, Ryan Grant and Ellie Carpenter have slightly smaller role in there. But again, it's about giving them uh, a way they actually inspire through a video message. They do mm -hmm. like this little message. So, um, and each book will feature kind of two, a Socceroos and a Combank Matildas player that talk directly to the characters quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And then there will be other players scattered through the books as well with various roles, um, which is very exciting. It is really exciting. Now these real life squad members, they have to approve their part yeah. in your books. Tell me about this. Yeah, so um, an extra layer with it. So when you publish, as you know, like obviously you you write your book, you send it off uh, and your editor and your publisher come back with structural edits and then copy edits and there's all the, the layers that you do with that. Well, we have an extra layer where we have to send it to Football Australia uh, who then take it to the players to approve the words, essentially the words that I've put in their mouths. <laughs> so, um, which is fair enough. I certainly hope they, they want to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have to allow the extra time for that, you know, and with things like the World Cup and everything happening, you could just even imagine how busy they are. So, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it can cause a few little heart heart flutter moments more for the my publisher and editor than for me I guess but uh it's a lot of work it's a lot of extra work um and we're learning as we go with each book about how long that process actually takes mm, it's um, always surprising isn't it how yeah. how long things take and then you've got that extra layer of course which adds you know so much more time to that as well yeah yeah I mean look the great thing is the feedback has been fantastic because I've finished writing book three now already and that's sort of gone off for approvals too already so um you know they, they're loving the stories which is great uh and we I have to, I'll tell you a funny story because book one was like two days from print like we were just about to push go and the Socceroos were playing the World Cup qualifier that was going to get them into ultimately got them into the the World Cup and it was the crack of dawn um the game was on and they won in a penalty shootout and in a scene in book one, there's like they we do a bit of like a history buff. We have one character, one of the boys who loves football history, and they do a bit of a quiz training. And um, I put in um, Aloisi's World Cup qualifying penalty kick from 2005. <laughs> so we're my editor and I, we both had seen the penalty shootout. We were on the phone to each other going, yeah, we've really got to rewrite that chapter. And we did. So literally two days before we hit print, uh, we were, so it's about as up to date as wow. you can. I always think you get the best ideas two days away from print, right? Uh, totally. hundred <laughs> percent. You're, like, you're like, wait, wait, <laughs> hang on. You I've did got that this. with your book too. Oh, like, I, oh. I did it with my upcoming picture book in January. Yeah. I changed the title. It was literally about two or three days from print. And then I spoke to the publisher and went, we have to change the name of this. It's been giving oh. me nightmares. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then titles are hard though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And I know this book actually had a different title originally as well. Okay. Um, until quite late in the process and then mm -hmm. it became the kickoff, which I love. Um, yeah. I loved the other title too, but um, I, I much, I mean, that was, the, the, they 
had that was their idea a bit more once they kind of read the book and really yeah got into it it just felt yeah. more of a natural fit and it is hard because titles so they give people a perception of what the book's about and it may not always say the right thing and that's mm. sort of the nightmare I had is it no no I think it's telling a different story to the story that it is and so yeah those two days from print you know, it's just like after you send an email, you'll see the spelling mistake. It's oh, yeah, and social the, media posts. I yeah, do that when same thing. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. So if you want to pick up an error it's or if you want to have a great idea, two days away from printing or after you've pressed send, guaranteed on the email. I, th- I think it's deadlines. I think it does yeah. something to your brain. <laughs> it just flicks the little switch in there somewhere. Why can't I have these great ideas three months before, like, you know, the book, the deadline. <laughs> yeah, when you've got time to really right. work it through. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, my totally. brain likes to work itself under pressure. So it sounds like oh, yeah. we're all the same. The same. <laughs> now, I want to know, um, sounds like a really great journey. Like you said, your two worlds colliding, coming into one. So you've got all this knowledge and you've done a lot of research, etc. Tell me about the challenges of writing JFIC. I mean, I think some people might think who haven't written children's books, oh, it's so easy to write a picture book or a JFIC or whatever, but it's actually really hard because we're adults writing for children. We're trying to be funny for children. I know when I write something, I run it past my kids and like, yeah, that's not funny, mum. So, <laughs> you know, what are the challenges of, yeah. of writing JFIC or what, what were the challenges? Yeah. For you? Because this book has so many components to it. You know, not it only does. is it for kids, it's got the sport, it's got the real life characters. You know, then you've got, you know, Combat Matildas and Socceroos involved. Like, there's a lot of things you've got to be thinking about. Yeah. Um, I um, actually previously, the manuscripts that I had written were actually more, they were middle grade. Mm-hmm. So they were 8 to 12. Um, and um, so I was actually asked to write these books. Um, I had um, submitted some work the publishers had read previously um, that for various publishing reasons like marketing and (laughs) everything and not cannibalising other books and things, you know, we just didn't quite get them over the line. And, you know, that's part of the journey, right? And you learn. uh, But the tone of my writing I've come to realise it possibly suits itself a little bit more to junior fiction um, I would love to write in that middle grade space as well, which I hopefully will do. But I've, this was a first for me. So writing at 15, 14,000 words, because um, these are sort of the upper end of junior fiction, yeah. um, seven plus, uh, that's a lot shorter than anything I'm used to writing. Um, but interestingly, um, it was still just about writing the story in the end. And the story really came. So I... 12 kids in the team, six girls, six boys. Once I had those kids in my head, it was really, the first book especially came really fast. I wrote it in three weeks. Wow. Now I I had very tight deadlines. I didn't have a whole lot <laughs> longer than that, um, but I did have it because I was also getting married around the time. Oh, it was wow. Due, and uh, it had been a short deadline and I launched the Australian Children's Laureate around that time as well. So it was very busy. Um, but so there was a, so yeah so there's a lot of components so there was a lot more plotting and probably a lot more detailed chapter by chapter planning than I um, have done in the past but I've actually really enjoyed that mm-hmm. um, and I think that will stay with me now and it certainly has with books two and three um, so I go through you know like write kind of like a uh, a big blurb. Uh, maybe two or three pages about what the story's about and then I start to go okay and I draw my little arc like my little picture to work out where everything fits because it's also flipping head to head character to character yeah to keep the story going Um, and then I break that down into chapters Uh, and I set myself actual um, 
word targets for each chapter. So, you know, 18 chapters, about 800 to 900 words per chapter. So I can see very quickly whether I'm blowing out or whether I'm not. And I do. uh, And I start to think, oh, okay. I got to pull that back and in, I've, I've written and ditched so many chapters because we didn't need them. Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest thing about writing junior fiction is you realize really quickly what you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hours and hours and hours of research before I started. So drills, the cat, you know, the, the really, cause I wasn't a big football player myself, but I love watching football, but learning club football is a whole yeah. other thing, right? So how do 11 year olds play football or, yeah. you know, what are the rules? It's nine aside. How long are the halves? How do they start the game? You mm. know, do they kick off? Do they toss a coin? What do they do? So I learn all of that to then pull it back and write it from the perspective of kids. Cause I want these, wanted these books to be for kids, whether they play football or not. Yeah, of course. So if they don't play, uh, they might want to play or they might just want to read about kids doing something fun. Mm, uh, right. But if they play, I wanted it to be authentic, what yeah. those kids would do. So I talked to 11 year olds. Okay. How many juggles can you do? Uh, like the best person that you know your age, how many juggles can they realistically do? Like what would be considered really good? Yeah. Uh, what drills do you like to do? You know, like and, and got them to, you know, tell me. So that's sort of how I pulled it. But it was a real challenge to keep the story simple but still have the depth of mm. the characters. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying, saying I'm perfect at it, but it's just been with my editor's help and um, now three books in, I've, I'm really loving it, really, really loving it. Well, it sounds like you've got a good formula too, which yeah. makes sense to my brain, you know, so yeah. you've got your chapter outlines and then you've got how many words per chapter and I think yeah. that sort of helps focus you, right? Yeah, and it does. And I think when you have only fourteen to 15,000 words, like, you know, there are, there are 144 pages, like that's it. We, that, there's no more. Um, so whether I want to write 16 or 17,000 or not is irrelevant. <laughs> that's all <laughs> you're getting. Bring it back. Yeah. Cut it back. Um, and you know, yeah. And so by breaking it down, it helps me be disciplined. So when I was writing for television a lot, you know, you've got to have that sort of clear breakdown. You've got to have fit your story into say a minute or a minute and a half yeah. of television. So you've got to be disciplined. Is this really that important? Um, yep. Do I need that line describing or do I dive straight into the dialogue at the start of the chapter? And yep. those were the sorts of things that from book one, even to book two, mm. massive difference. Book one was went in way too long when I submitted it to them, but I knew I'd overwritten. So I they helped me bring that right back. I mean, it was only a couple of thousand words, but that's a lot to cover. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah. especially so, when you're talking 14,000. That could be 10%, you know, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah no, it is. And I, I definitely understand, you know, having written a picture book that, oh. Prime real That's estate. A whole nother words level. words oh. are prime real estate. You know, you can't waste any, not a not one. So yeah, it's an yeah, interesting Yeah, I journey. think picture book authors are incredible. To get that level of story into that few words, oh, like you know, I, I, I think it's incredible. It's like I, a poem. I love I, it. Yeah, I see it as a poem, I think. You know, because yeah, poems right. can tell okay. a lot of stories yeah. as well. You know, I've I've been an English teacher for 17 years and so I think all that poetry just sunk inside my head. <laughs> well, you know, I love picture books and always have. Mm, me too. Um, I've never written one uh, of any 
thing that I would admit to. And um, <laughs> I may have attempted it. And then it's ended up being like 3,000 words. <laughs> but, oh, um, this is now a novella. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, so hats off, I think. I love them. I love reading. I still love reading. Them. Still I, love me too. Them. I yeah. love. And even as a high school teacher, I read them to high school kids because I'm like, these are just, these are pieces of art. These are not just picture books. Like we yeah. need to look at them in a different way. Yeah. Now, debut author, what have been the sort of exciting bits and the anxieties that you've had? Oh, gosh. Um, imposter How long have we got? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, get my glass of whatever out. Um, you know, seriously, um, imposter syndrome. It's I, I said it to someone the other day. It's almost like there's this me still going, oh, God, one day I really want to be a published author. Uh, and then suddenly I'm out there going, hey, here's my book. Uh, and I'm thinking, hang on. Uh, you know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm actually here now already. And, um, you know, and it's a whole lot of work uh, and it is so rewarding. And then it's a whole lot of work and every bit of it's rewarding and exhausting. Um, it, it dawned on me the other day, uh, just the other day, actually, that I will never not now be an author of these books. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's wow. So, I love that. It, it, it hit me because um, I had this idea in my head that, okay, there'll be, I'll launch this book and then there'll be a bit of a quiet patch and then I'll do the next one because they're coming out like every three months and then I'll do the next one and then, you know, and, and then it, I realise it's not, there's no dip. It's not sort of dipping. Um, and, and, and I love that. Like, I think that's great. Um, but I realise, yeah, it hit me. It's like, wow, I will always be this now. And oh, I that like will that. always that's be cool. part of me. And, and I think... Yeah, it's wow. part of that dream though because I remember yeah. thinking to myself, you know, I can't always think about, you know, 96-year-old Danny. I'm going, you know, what do I need to do now? So 96-year-old Danny has no regrets, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? And it's very stressful being me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking at, I like forward planning. It's good. <laughs> a lot. Um, but I thought to myself, you know what, a huge regret or a sadness for me would be never being traditionally published author. Yeah. And, you know, as you keep, you know, having each birthday, like, wow, you know, this is going to be a huge bummer in my life if this doesn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, when it does, there's all this hard work and I like to call it the grind because it is the grind. Yeah, of what can I do next? That's a good word. <laughs> what bookshop do I have to go to? What do I need to, how can I get kids in, you know, all, all of that stuff's always going through your mind because it's very hard to get, you know, anyone to sort of care about your book really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and keep the conversation going, you know, like you love it. Yeah. yeah, you love it. It's like, hey, everybody else, you love it too. And then are people actually reading it? And and how know? to get it into people's hands, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that's what, you know, so it's always that thinking process. And then I, I found, like you said, you only get those moments of, wow, like this has happened. And then it's back in the grind, back in the grind. It's like, wow. It's yeah. <laughs> a yeah. 90% grind, 10% like, whoa, I've got a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I found like a lot of some of the, I mean, I got amazing publicity support, of course. Um, and, you know, it's amazing to be talking with people like you about it and I love these conversations and I think but I think the real energizer for me has been getting into talk to kids yeah in schools like always is I, I was having oh my god I was writing book three and I was nearing the end and it was it was my empire strikes back it was <laughs> uh, it was like that middle one like I know it's three out of four but nevertheless <laughs> yeah. um and I was I was struggling because I'd been launching book one I was exhausted that was a whole new thing mm. I I never launched a book before and and there's a lot it's a lot and I yeah. loved it and I'm so grateful for yeah. it and but you can still be tired that's okay you can still be super grateful and still tired yeah and a family and your day job so you know all of that all of that 
<laughs> but so I was having this really low week, you know, where I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> you know, like, I can't do this. What am I doing? I'm imposter. I shouldn't be here. Why? Why? You know, and then <laughs> and then I had a school visit and it was one that had been postponed from term three because of that um, public mm-hmm. holiday day. Okay. And I sort of like, oh, i got to pull myself back up and get everything out and get in there and I I was like oh can I even remember you know and I went into the school and I was in a hall and there was 110 kids and they were all grade three and um I walked in there and they were all in there and a little boy in there the teacher walks up to me goes oh this little boy he's read your book like 10 times he's a massive fan loves it blah 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 and I'm like oh wow that's so cool so we did this session and I walked out of there we had an absolute ball we talked about my snake and we talked about the dog and we talked about oh also don't start conversations with kids and their pets you'll be there for a month right who's got a dog Um, oh no yeah (laughs) but we talked about football we talked about the characters oh my goodness like we had such a great time and I walked away going okay now that's why that's yeah, why. Absolutely. That's why. And I was so energized and yeah. happy. So the kids yeah. are like that, you know, not only yeah. do they energize you, they have this sort of joy and optimism that sometimes we don't have as adults because we have to do lots of boring things to keep everyone yeah. else alive, right? Yeah. And so it's actually really nice to just um sort of soak up that that optimism and joy. I mean, I was a high school teacher for 17 years and wow. I feel like even though high school kids can be a little sassy, as long as you're sassy back, right? You can have a really good time and they're just still so full of joy and optimism and you know having kids of my own it's the same and you just think you know that's the the energy I want to soak in not this adult cynicism (laughs) yeah totally 100% I absolutely love it and you know yeah I mean they ask amazing questions they do so so thoughtful questions such thoughtful questions you know that you're just like Oh, what? Yeah. You know, some How of them go, go yeah, hey, it's my friend's birthday today. And you're like, awesome. Um, <laughs> but other ones, like one, I'd been to India as a journalist, training other journalists. And one kid's asked me, he's put his hand up. He said, oh, so when you're in India, um, he thought I'd said I was there as an author. But, okay, you know, that yeah. aside, uh, he said, when you're in India, um, do they tell different types of stories to the stories we tell here in Australia. Mm, wow, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> He's grade three. You wow. know, he's like, what, eight years yeah. old? And I was just like, what? what? <laughs> and I said, well, I was a journalist when I was there and I was training other journalists, but yes, mm. what matters to them is so different. Okay. Like, yeah, oh, so yeah, you can yeah. be absolutely blown away. It's no, you never can. underestimate a child. I know. I didn't yeah. know kids were so smart till I had my own. I'm like, how do you know that? You're seven. Yeah. <laughs> they and know I mean, a when, lot. Well, when you're writing books, like even like seven plus junior mm. fiction, you've got to remember that. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't want it. Oh boy. You know, like. Yeah. You write can't like underestimate you. them, no. can you? No. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Well, look, Kristen, if you have listened to this podcast a number of times, you know yes. what this question is and you know that it's coming, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I was like, like, no. Oh, look, I love the question. And every time I hear people go, oh, I've really tried to prepare something and I couldn't, uh, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> so why do you write? <laughs> because I have to. Um, I know that is such a cliched answer, but I have so many stories and so many characters in my head. Like my, I am spoiled for choice and I cry when I write and I laugh when I write. And I tell kids the story that when I was in grade three, I wrote a poem that made my teacher laugh. And that was the first time that I realized what 
words put in a certain order could do. Mm. That's when it really dawned on me. Now, I'm not that funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm that. My kids think I'm funny. I, I don't really Oh, see, I'm the opposite. Funny. My kids don't think I'm funny at all, Kristen. It's oh, terrible. Right. Well, I think I'm unintentionally funny. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's a good thing or not. But, um, yeah, I, I discovered that. And ever since then... I love watching people react to words, but I feel it like when my characters get to that point, you know, where they're so challenged and you think, oh, can they make it? Even though you're writing the story, you're still thinking, (laughs) oh, can they do it? Can they find the courage or the acceptance or the whatever they need? And then they do. Oh, you just like, I sit there and cry as I, as I watch them, like a proud mum, you know, um, that's why I write because I love that journey. And Mm. I I don't think I can ever stop whether I was published or not. I I don't think I would have ever stopped. And I love how you said, you know, words in a particular order can have so much power. And I think anyone who is an avid reader or who is a writer, we can all relate to that. And that's, that's what we want. You know, that's why we love books, either reading them or writing them because they make you feel things or they make you think in a different way or they make you see the world in a different way or empathise with people and yeah. you wouldn't get those experiences otherwise. So, yeah, it really is important and I love, you know, the power of words. I think you said that beautifully. It has been yeah. amazing. Words are just, yeah, yeah. incredible, aren't Exactly. They? That's right. Now, it's been amazing chatting to you. I, I just love your energy. I feel like, you know, I, vibe, I really vibe with that energy you've got because you've lots of energy and passion about, you know, everything <laughs> that you're saying. I'm like, yes, I'm right there with you, Chris. I'm right there. So, yeah, um, you totally are. That's what. <laughs> so much that's funny one of my friends yeah 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 and you know people get that one of my friends said you know I listen to all of my podcasts on double speed except for yours he said because we go at double speed yeah you talk so fast and so I tried to slow down but it was hopeless and I couldn't do it just be yourself exactly you just gotta lean into whoever that person is that's right whoever take it or leave it whoever you are lean into that some people will like it some people won't that's okay yeah, totally. Totally fine. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. I love Football Fever. My daughter, as you saw, kept circling me in the beginning of this podcast because she wants this book. And I'm oh, like, you have to amazing. wait until I've done the interview. <laughs> well, so, I hope she enjoys it. And, well, she um, loves soccer, so she's been wanting oh, to get her hands on it. But I can't give them the books until I do the interview because they go missing in the yeah, house. Right. So, so, right, as oh. soon as this interview is done, so as you saw, she was – circling like a shark trying to get her hands yeah. on it so she will oh, well, awesome. <laughs> but it's a good well, sign right it's, it's a great sign. sign I love that and uh, book two is coming out in early January so fantastic exciting well so happy for you love speaking to a fellow you know 2022 debut author Absolutely. it's a really special weird anxious amazing place to be all of those emotions <laughs> combined but, I love that <laughs> but thank you so much and I'm sure I'll see you in real life, somewhere at some time. So yeah, thank you so very much. very soon. Take care, Danny. Thank, thank you. Thank you.